0: Well, again, good morning. So good to worship with you, whether you're here in the worship center or you're over in the chapel or maybe you're worshiping with us online somewhere else. We're so, so glad that you have joined us. Isn't it crazy that we are in September already? It doesn't quite feel like it maybe, but it's already September. We're getting back to reality schools around the corner. All of these things are kicking off at church And it's crazy to think that summer is over. But you know, this is one of my favorite times of the year and one of the big reasons for that is I love the State Fair. Yesterday, I went for the third time this year, and my dad and I have a tradition where we always go on Labor Day, so tomorrow will be my fourth time at the fair. We'll probably fry to death, it sounds like, but it is such a great place to be. I think it's in my blood, because my younger brother lives in New York City, and he flies back just to go to the fair. But you know, I found out something about the fair this year that I never knew before, And that is the fair has a mission statement. Did you ever know that? And so I looked it up and it's a pretty good one. This is what the fair's mission statement is it's the state fair's mission is to educate and involve our guests by providing a world class showcase that is innovative, entertaining, and fun. Now, a big part of a mission statement is it's only as good as your execution, right? Like, if you have a mission statement, you need to actually achieve what you say your mission is. So I thought back to my visits this year, innovative. I mean, we had deep-fried cheesecake. I mean, pretty innovative, right? I thought about entertaining. Well, we walked all over, and we saw numerous Calvary band members playing in different music groups, so very entertaining and fun. I mean, where else can you see a llama obstacle course? I'm not making it up. They actually have it in the animal barn. So I think they're doing pretty good on their mission statement. But it got me thinking about our church at Calvary. We too have a mission statement and some of you might even have it memorized. Calvary's mission is leading people into a growing relationship with Jesus. You know, back when I was talking to the call committee about possibly coming here to be a pastor, one of the things that drew me to Calvary was this mission statement because it was so clear that it was so important to all of those committee members. And then as I have met people throughout the congregation, again, it is so clear that people live this out in so many important ways, whether it's from our worship experiences, to our small groups, to our classes, to our programming for all different ages. People have a desire to grow in their relationship with Jesus. And you know, that's exactly what the early church did. If you read back in the book of Acts chapter two, it's a familiar passage for many of you. We get this picture of what the early church was like. And what we see is that there is a group of people that are incredibly devoted to following Jesus, but they weren't content to just coast along. No, they had a desire to grow each and every day. And they weren't content to keep the good news to themselves. They had a desire to share it with every person around them. And so I want to look at this passage briefly with you. It's Acts chapter two, starting with verse 42. And it says, they, this early church, devoted themselves to the apostles' teaching and to fellowship, to the breaking of bread and to prayer. Everyone was filled with awe at the many wonders and signs performed by the apostles. Now, it doesn't say just a few people were filled with awe, or just the people who were especially bought in, or the people who tend to sit in the front row at worship. No, it was everyone, even in the community surrounding the church, everyone was filled with awe because God was doing something amazing. It goes on to say in verse 44, all the believers were together and had everything in common. They sold property and possessions to give to anyone who had need. If there was anyone struggling, if anyone had any needs, the community of the church would come around them to help support them. It meant that there was an expectation that people were growing in generosity that they were loosening their grip on the things of this world. And, you know, it's the same kind of perspective that we as the church are called to have, to live out generosity in any way that we can. Well, then look at verse 46. It says, every day they continued to meet together in the temple courts, You see, coming to worship maybe once a month or every six weeks wasn't good enough for them. Even coming to worship once a week wasn't enough. They were meeting daily together, growing in their faith. And then in verses 46 and 47, it says they broke bread in their homes and they ate together with glad and sincere hearts, praising God and enjoying the favor of all the people And so they saw faith and church and worship and spiritual growth as an everyday reality. It wasn't something to just check off the list and then go back to their everyday life. It's the series that we just completed over the past number of weeks, that our faith is meant to be an everyday kind of thing. And so they joined small groups, and they came together, and they sat around tables And they discussed their faith and they grew together and they invited others in. And the result of this kind of faith, the result of this kind of commitment, look at verse 48. It says, and the Lord added to their number daily those who were being saved. It's because they were committed to God's mission. It's because they continued to keep on growing and being challenged. It's because they were open to new opportunities and new people. It's because they were willing to get outside of their comfort zones and say, I'm willing to sacrifice my own preferences in order to reach others. It was because they had an attitude of saying, God, this is your church. Do what you wanna do in and through us, and so God used this early church to completely change lives, but not just that, it changed communities and eventually changed the world. Now, I don't know about you, but when I read the story of the early church, I can't help but be inspired and get excited about what God can do. Because the thing is, God can still do these same things through his church today. God is still creating churches that change lives and change communities. And so what if we here at Calvary would become an Acts 2 kind of church? What if everything we did would further the mission that God has given us? What if everyone around us, even those who aren't believers, who have no desire to step foot in our doors, what if everyone was filled with awe at what God was doing? And what if daily people were being saved? Now, I think there are some important characteristics of churches that live out God's mission And so I want to look at these with you this morning. The first is this, everyone is welcome. All right, let's all say it together. Everyone is welcome. In Acts chapter two, it says, everyone was filled with awe. All the people were welcomed in. Revelation 22:17 says, "The spirit and the bride say, "Come, let anyone who hears this say, "Come, Let anyone who is thirsty, come. Let anyone who desires drink, who desires, drink freely from the water of life." And so here is what I want every single person here today, every person who is watching online to hear. Jesus says you are welcome. No matter what your story is, no matter what you have said or done, no matter what your past might look like, Jesus says you are welcome. It doesn't matter the hurt or the pain or the guilt or the shame that you carry with you. It doesn't matter what you have been through. It doesn't matter what you are going through. You are welcome at Calvary. Now, over the years, I've had numerous conversations with people that go something like this. Someone will say, you know, I grew up Catholic, let's say, and I don't know if I believe what you guys do. Is it okay if I come to your church? And my response, of course, is yes, you are welcome. I've had others with tears in their eyes say, you know, I am in the depths of addiction. Am I even welcome at your church? And of course, every time we say, you are welcome here. I remember back many years at a, a former church that I served, I got a Facebook message from someone that I had never met before. And this person said, you know, I have been an atheist my entire life. But for some reason, I feel led to come and visit a church. Can I have your permission to come to Sunday worship? Of course, you can come any." Time And so he started to come to worship on Sundays, and the following Easter, we baptized him as he put his faith in Christ. You see, in order to be faithful to God's mission, we need to remember everyone is welcome. Now, sometimes you hear us say, we want Calvary to be a place where you can belong before you even believe. See, that means our front door is not a bunch of rules or doctrine or theology. Our front door is the cross of Christ where the ground is completely level. We want people to come and kick the tires, to come and ask questions. We want to be a place that welcomes anyone and everyone Now, one part of our five-year vision as a church says that we want no hurdles to hope. As we look around at how we present ourselves and how the ministries run here at the church, we want to look for any obstacle, any hurdle that might come in the way of someone coming to hear the good news. But what if this would become a filter for each one of us personally? What are the obstacles or the hurdles that we are putting before someone who needs to hear the good news? Or when we look around on a Sunday morning, what are the things that we can do to help make Calvary a more welcoming place for people coming to check things out? You see, every one of us can play a vital role in the vision and the mission of the church. We need to welcome people, just like Jesus taught us. We need to welcome people in our community, your family, your friends, your coworkers. We need you to go out and welcome people, to invite them, to bring them to church with you. And so what I want you to do for a moment right now is grab a pen or a pencil, maybe the notes app on your phone or your tablet, and I want you to just write down three names, three names of people who need to hear the good news. It might be someone in your own household, it might be someone in the cubicle next to you, it might be someone who goes to school with you, but who are three names that God is putting on your heart? And then my challenge to you is to do something, to invite them, to invite them to come next week to our kickoff Sunday. There's going to be tons of good food and fun and fellowship, all of that good stuff. But what I'm most excited about is Dr. Sammy from Shine in the World Ministries is going to be our guest preacher And he's an amazing evangelist. He just got back from Mozambique, Africa, where 93,000 people put their faith in Christ. And there are at least that many people within a 10 to 15 mile radius of our campuses. People who need to hear the good news. And the thing is, this isn't just for our sake. It's not about just boosting our numbers. No, this is about changing Lives with the power of the gospel. So, my question for you is who is God calling you to invite? Who will you welcome into the kingdom? We need to continue to be a church where everyone is welcome. Another characteristic of a church that's sold out for God's mission is that everybody is needed. All right, let's say that together. Everybody is needed. If we're gonna be a church that fulfills God's mission, it's gonna take every single one of us. In 1 Corinthians 12, it says, there are different kinds of gifts, but the same spirit distributes them. There are different kinds of service, but the same Lord. There are different kinds of working, but in all of them and in everyone, it is the same God at work. Again, this is true for every person sitting here in person and every person watching online. God has given you gifts and talents to be used for him that can change people's lives, that can change our community. And you might be thinking, well, yeah, that's probably true for someone sitting next to me, but I'm not so sure it goes for me. But what I want you to know beyond a shadow of a doubt is that it is true for you. If you aren't using your gifts and your talents that God has given you for his kingdom, then there's something that is not being done that needs to be done. Just like the Acts 2 church, we need everyone to pitch in and help and lead. We need all hands on deck. Now, I've used this illustration way, way too many times, but I think it's one of the most accurate pictures of the modern church, and that is this. The church today is far too much like a football game. There are 22 people on the field in desperate need of arrest, and there are thousands of people in the stands in desperate need of some exercise. My challenge for you is to get out of the stands to get on the field. And there are so, so many ways that you can use your gifts and your talents to the glory of God. There's so many ways to make an impact for Him. Just a couple weeks ago, we had our very first Calvary Leadership Summit. We had over 100 people come one night to come and talk about how we can be better leaders and how we can use our gifts for the mission. But here's the thing, it's not too late. If you weren't there, you can still get on board. There's a place for you to serve, whether it's in our next-gen ministries with our YTH program or our Calvary Kids program, whether it's leading a small group, being involved in worship production or in the band, or whether it's on our prayer ministry team or the list goes on and on. No matter what you do to the glory of God makes a difference If you're on Guest Experiences, every handshake makes a difference. Every encouraging word spoken to a child makes a difference. Every camera shot for our online stream makes a difference. 1 Corinthians 12 goes on to say, The eye cannot say to the hand, I don't need you. And the head cannot say to the feet, I don't need you. On the contrary, those parts of the body that seem to be weaker are indispensable. That means we need you. No matter how God has wired you up, there's a place for you. Our church is much too big to not all use our gifts together. And so I wanna challenge you, before you leave this place today, or before you log off online, Make a commitment to God. Say, God, I am gonna step up this year and I'm gonna use my gifts for you. I'm gonna do what you called me and wired me up to do. And we have people that will help get you connected. Just go out to one of our information hubs after the service. Don't leave before you do. Because remember, to fulfill our mission Everyone is needed. Another part of living out our mission as a church is this. Everyone is growing. Let's all say it together. Everyone is growing. Colossians 2, six to seven says, "'And now, just as you accepted Christ Jesus as your Lord, "'you must continue to follow him. "'Let your roots grow down into him, "'and let your lives be built on him, then your faith will grow strong in the truth that you were taught and you will overflow with thankfulness. You see, as a follower of Jesus, growing is not optional. It's not reserved for a select few. It's actually at the core of what it means to be a follower of Christ. That means no matter who you are, there's still another step that you can take whether you're a new believer or whether you've been a believer your entire life, whether it's your very first step of faith or your 10,000th step of faith, there's still another step you can take. You see, following Jesus is not a destination. It's a direction. I think too often we think, well, we can just somehow graduate, get a certificate, and we're good to go. Following Jesus is not a destination. We don't arrive and graduate this side of heaven. It's a direction that we keep on moving in, taking step after step after step. I think way too many Christians have turned following Jesus into a transaction. You know, they think, well, if we just make a proclamation of faith, then we can just wait for heaven. But that's not what Jesus calls us to. Instead, it's a lifelong process of being formed and transformed into his likeness, into his character. You know, in many ways, there are many different ways that we can keep on growing. Just a couple weeks, we kick off our community nights on Wednesday nights. We have an Alpha class. If you've never been to Alpha before, you need to check it out. It goes through some of the biggest questions of faith and you can bring all of your doubts, all of your questions to that experience. And so check out Alpha. We also have a group coming to teach us how to have conversations with non-spiritual people. The reality is we live in a very secular world and so how can we be better at having conversations with people who don't even know what it means to believe in Jesus? And there's also a great parenting and discipline class if you have children. Great opportunities on Wednesday nights at community night to keep on growing in your faith. But not only that, we have small groups that meet all different days of the week and all different times. We have women in the word, we have iron men, different groups that come and study God's word. Remember, to fulfill our mission, everyone needs to be growing well finally, in order to live out this mission that God has given us, we need to be a church where everybody is changed. Let's say it together. Everybody is changed. Romans 10:13 says, "Everyone who calls on the name of the Lord will be saved." When we show up for church, we all come with baggage. We all come with pain, we all come with hurts. And what this verse is telling us is that when we come in here, we come as we are, but if you truly call on the name of the Lord, when you leave this place, you will be changed and you'll be different and you'll be new. You'll have a completely fresh start. And you know what, that can happen for you today. We have countless stories in this church of this being true. People who have come broken and hurting and struggling and have been changed by the power of God. You see, when you come into the presence of the living God, you can't help but be changed. We hear about this in the book of 1 Samuel. It says, at that time, the spirit of the Lord will come powerfully upon you and you will be changed into a different person. Just wrap your mind around that for a second. You will be changed into a different person. This is the promise of God for every single person here today. Not just for some, not just for a select few, not just for those who memorize Bible verses, every single one of us who enter into the presence of the living God can and will be changed. You see, that is the power of the gospel, that we can become more and more like Jesus. We can become more loving and more forgiving and more caring and more patient. See, when we make a commitment to be fully devoted followers of Jesus, when we say, you know, I will follow you wherever you lead. I will take the next step. I will do whatever you ask of me, Jesus. I will live my life for you each and every day. When we make that commitment, he will do miraculous things in our life. Now, this is true for us as individuals, but it's also true for us as a collective community, the body of Christ. The Spirit of God will show up in power and lives will be changed. And then, because of that, entire communities will be changed and will never be the same again. And so, Calvary, let's continue to remain laser focused on the mission that God has given us to lead people into a growing relationship with Jesus. A church where everyone is welcome. A church where everyone is needed. A church where everyone is growing. And a church where everyone is changed. Now the thing is, when we come face to face, with a mission and a vision as clear as that. It demands a response. And you know what, I hope it sticks with you. I even hope it haunts you. I even hope it keeps you up at night. Asking the question, will you give your life to God's mission? Will you get on board with where God is leading? Will you set aside all your fears and your preferences and your anxieties and your selfishness and your criticism? And instead, will you boldly say, God, yes, I will follow you. I'm all in, all of who I am. I wanna be a part of what you are doing to seek and save the lost and to build your kingdom on earth. I think there's no better mission to give your life to. There's no better mission to be a part of. And think of how amazing it is. Jesus looks at you and he looks at me and he says, I pick you. I pick you to be on my team. And so what's your response? Let's pray. God, I give you thanks for your power and your goodness, for your love. I give you thanks for your gracious call to each one of us to be a part of your mission and to be a part of this church in this place, in this moment in time. God, help us to keep our eye on the ball, to stay laser focused on the mission that you've given us. And God, help us to step up and to serve and to lead and to invite and to be a part of what you're doing. Not under our own power, God, but we pray that your Holy Spirit would come and fill us and equip us and empower us to be the church that you're calling us to be. God, we want to be like that Acts 2 church where we see daily lives being changed and people coming to know you. And so we trust this and we trust ourselves and we trust this church to your care. In the powerful name of Jesus, and let's all say together, amen.